Hey, it's Mo Ari. And Tiffany. And you're listening to the Hashtag Love Goals podcast. Before we get into this episode, I just want you to remember that every human, regardless of identity, needs these three things, belonging, authenticity, and love. And after a decade of partnership, we've learned to co-create these things and so much more. So from wherever you're listening, we're going to go on a journey of becoming our own hashtag love goals. Now let's get into this episode. Hey, it's Mo Ari. And Tiffany. And you are listening to the Hashtag Love Goals podcast. We are so, so excited that you all are here today. Um, We're going to start talking about a little bit today about couples therapy. Yeah. Uh, I remember early on in our relationship, I used to tell people like, oh my gosh, I'm dating this amazing person. <laughs> but they're therapists, right? But they're therapists. <laughs> but they're therapists. I would say, you know, being in a relationship with a therapist is a really good thing at times, but it can be a little challenging at times because Mo was always thinking about the systems, what was happening and like family of origin and all these things that brought up the feelings there that I didn't really want to want to talk about. And so um, I don't think I always appreciated that. Um, I didn't saying that now (laughs) I didn't but I have really um, through our relationship understood the importance of both individual therapy and couples therapy yeah Um, so we just want to dig in a little bit about couples therapy the role that it has played in our lives and um, how it could be really beneficial yeah well thank you for setting that up and telling your (laughs) truth So everybody knows that you have not always appreciated me. No, no, I think it has been, you've always, every step of the way, been so receptive to anything I was reading in Mm -hmm. a book Mm -hmm. and sharing with you, anything Mm -hmm. that I practice in therapy, I can Mm -hmm. do with you. And it never felt like, oh, now my partner's my client. It Mm -hmm. really has always felt like you joined me in this work to just bettering our individual selves yeah. and our relationship. Yeah. So I really appreciate that about you. So it doesn't come across ever like yeah. you just don't appreciate me or you haven't. Yeah. Um, you were probably really good at working through what was ever yeah. coming up. So I'll say that. Um, yeah. And it, I also like to add that I didn't always think you were therapizing me either. Therapizing. Was, therapizing. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a real word or not, but I didn't always feel like that. It was yeah. just like you were calling out these things that were hidden in a back corner that I was like, why you got to talk about that? Why thing? do you have to be so perceptive? <laughs> like that happened 20 years ago. What does that have to do with what's happening right yeah. now? Right. And so. Yeah. I have learned to really appreciate that, but I, I don't, I still don't to this day think that you're therapizing me. I really honor that. So and we're I, going with this word that you Yeah. Created. I mean, yeah. Therapizing, <laughs> right. Um, but I just wanted to add that. Like, it's yeah. not like I think you're on as therapist all the time and I'm your client. So I yeah. don't feel that either. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think that that is really special to hear. I really appreciate <laughs> that. I think the therapy work for me I really believe it has to become embodied. Mm -hmm. So you take the things that you learn in therapy and you really practice them so that they become a part of Mm -hmm. you and you live from that space Mm -hmm. versus 
you know, constantly trying to mechanically maneuver mm-hmm. your relationship. Mm-hmm. This is why couples therapy is really helpful. Yeah. So I'm glad we're talking about it. So for anybody that does not know, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist in yeah. Illinois, in Georgia. Don't yes. go Googling me and doing all of that. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, but I am licensed. So yeah. I have worked with a lot of couples mm-hmm. and families, mm-hmm. blended families, people with foster children, just all kinds yeah. of relationships, polyamorous, non-monogamous people, you know, the gamut of mm-hmm. identity, mm-hmm. LGBTQIA mm-hmm. plus included. Right. And so uh, I've gotten, and I, I honestly feel like that's an honor. I've gotten to really work with a lot of people at every kind of mm-hmm. intersection of identity mm-hmm. in all kinds of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten to sit with them in some of their most challenging moments. Mm-hmm. And, that's really important to highlight because people often come to therapy in a very challenging moment. Yeah. yeah. And I really like to see therapy as preventative care. Mm. And so if we could start to come to therapy, couples therapy, especially as a preventative care schedule, yeah. you know, like it's more like maintenance, like, you know, you're coming just to check in about your mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. It can prevent us from getting to like ER moments yeah. in our relationship. Right, right. I don't often like to work the ER in relationships. Okay. <laughs> Y'all turn me into a therapy doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I am like just trying to be, you know, a support right. for the relationship. You're not trying to be a trauma surgeon. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. And yeah. I wouldn't want your relationship to get to that point mm-hmm. before you ask for help. Yeah. And so I don't want our relationship to get to that point mm-hmm. before I ask for help yeah. or you ask for help. Right. And so I'm often honoring that feeling and experience of being yeah. a therapist by also doing this work in right. my own personal life and then with you in relationship. Right. So I just encourage everybody to to go to couples therapy as a preventative measure. Mm-hmm. I'll say that from the top of this episode so you know how I feel. Yeah. Uh, and and I agree. I feel like that's really important to go when things are good, like to yeah. to sustain that. Yeah. And I would ask you as a marriage and family therapist, in order to even move to the point where you go to therapy, let's yeah. say whether preventative, trauma, crisis, yeah. like any of that. Yeah. I feel like there's so much stigma around it. Yeah. Right. There's so much like. Oh my God. You know, there people already assume if I go if we go into couples therapy, that means we on the brink of divorce. Yeah. If that's that, true. If, you know, should that's I be true. going to pastoral counseling? Should I, you know, be praying about it? Like whatever the thing which all of these things are fine. You know, they yeah. work for you and your relationship. Yeah. But I do feel like there's so much stigma around therapy in general, yeah. individual, yeah. couples, any of yeah. that. How do you encourage couples to even work through that? Yeah. To go to therapy, yeah. preventive, pre- preventative, or in crisis? Yeah. Well, right. Because some people <laughs> won't even come to crisis, yeah. right? No, I think you bring up some really great points, some really mm-hmm. great things to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even thinking about p- couples who want to go to pastoral counseling, yeah. for instance, or would rather go to get support from whatever mm-hmm. their religious yeah. institution is or right. spiritual affiliation. Right. Whether you're going to see a shaman or what, get you some support for your relationship. Mm-hmm. Get you a community to support your relationship. You deserve that. Your relationship and your love mm-hmm. deserves that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in favor of you getting whatever support you need. Yeah. So I'll say that. Yeah. There are all these stigmas you're talking about yeah. with regard to couples therapy and mental health in general. Yeah. And so... I often like to start with people about getting 
I like to start with people by getting those kinds of misconceptions Mm -hmm. out on the table. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what you learned from your family of origin, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. meaning the family you grew up with. Let's talk about what you learned from them about mental health, about therapy, Mm -hmm. what word associations come Mm -hmm. up when you think about therapy. Right. And oftentimes, I think for LGBT people and definitely for black people, there is a lot of suspicion. Um, And more so, of course, with counselors, they feel Mm -hmm. like don't share their identities in any way. But there is a lot of suspicion with with good reason Mm -hmm. because there have been so many injustices, so Mm -hmm. many harms that do still occur in the therapy field uh, with marginalized groups, Mm -hmm. with with often um, oppressed populations. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you meet a therapist mm-hmm. that you really feel comfortable with, that is caring of your intersectional mm-hmm. identities. Mm-hmm. So that's my advice. Start with finding someone that you feel like yeah. um, could identify with who you are. Yeah. And if that counselor does not visibly represent mm-hmm. any of your identities, yeah. it is very much worth it to have a direct conversation yeah. with that therapist about how you would like to be supported Mm -hmm. given the identities that you have. Because let's say I meet a black, uh, a black person of any kind. Mm -hmm. They could come to therapy assuming that I'll understand who they are and how they live. But I'm a black person from Chicago. That is a very different (laughs) lived experience than what y'all have going down here in Georgia. You know, so uh, (laughs) therapy with me could look different. I might have some ways that I don't fully understand what it was like to grow up in the Bible Mm. Belt. And I know I've experienced that in my relationship Mm -hmm. with you. Absolutely. I I have a little bit of a... A way of like mm-hmm. bucking against tradition that does yeah. not fly when you are from the South yeah, and born and raised. Right, right. You know, so my way of being in my family, even, mm-hmm. or how I would even approach family conflict right. is, so different. is so different. And so I think that you can't just assume that you're going to have, based on like phenotypic mm-hmm. identities that you right. share, you can't just assume that you're going to have somebody that gets yeah. you, but you can make sure that they get you by sharing more of your story exactly. and going and showing up. Exactly. So I say start there. Mm. That's really good. And I feel like the times we've gone to therapy, we are searching for therapists based on keywords. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, you can just look at them typically, yeah. but some yeah. part of this, you you know, you might be able to get their energy through a video yeah. or their website or what they're yeah. talking about or, yeah. you know, what they describe as yeah. how they do their work. Yeah. Um, so now you're touching on something there too. <laughs> and you know, you already know what I'm about to say. <laughs> because I feel like in the past with their couples therapy with Tiffany, like we've had. A, oh my. I think we had a couple occasions where I, and I have loved all of the therapists we've worked with, you know, um, a couple of times in the past in Chicago, Mm -hmm. I feel like we had some experiences with therapists who shared plenty of our identities, intersectional identities. This is a prime example, but they had like, I could tell they had issues with their father. Mm. So I was activating something for them. And I'm like, why am I activating you? Now I'm already coming in here, a therapist with another therapist. Mm -hmm. So I have to do Mm -hmm. this work. But then I come in here with this authority or this knowledge Mm -hmm. about the work that is like, can be intimidating. Mm -hmm. And it was activating something. Mm -hmm. And I can't fully remember how this shows up, but I have this feeling of the overall experience that was like, wow, she really is like not liking me that much. Yeah. Um, and I think so many men 
leave therapy feeling like that so Mm. if you're in a relationship with a masculine person in general it doesn't matter what you were assigned at birth masculine people often leave therapy feeling like Mm. the therapist is aligned with their feminine partner and i think because the field is predominantly women Mm -hmm. that are therapists Mm -hmm. but also this emotion-based context that mental health is Mm -hmm. leans towards femininity Mm -hmm. right like if Mm -hmm. you're asking people to access their feelings a masculine person who doesn't necessarily uh have a lot of emotional leanings Mm -hmm. could feel isolated in that so it's really important that we talk about how we've how the therapist also thinks of therapy ahead mm. of time. Um, but it's also important that that therapist have worked through their own things um, or talk about that counter-transference that's yeah. coming up. Counter-transference being what happens inside mm-hmm. of the therapist and what happens inside of the client yeah. when we remind each other of somebody. Yeah. And, you know, I definitely saw how these things kind of played out a little, like even when I, in the moment, I probably felt good. Like, Ooh, validated oh i'm affirmed yeah but looking back on it i'm like oh i can kind of see how mm-hmm. it was a little bit more leaning towards me where there was real opportunity for me to be challenged there yeah no that could have of- really helped in the work and <laughs> for a second i would like to play devil's advocate a little bit because yeah. i think early on in our relationship where we explored couples therapy mm-hmm. it was in the context of one of us having an individual therapist Mm-hmm. And inviting mm-hmm. the partner into that, so to support to your support. work, and so I had an individual. I had I'm going to individual therapy with this therapist. We built rapport. We have this relationship, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my god, I think this will be helpful to my individual work. Can I bring my partner in? Mm-hmm. So I guess with that being the case, yeah, do you feel like there's potential for bias even yeah. in those situations if it starts out as yeah. like an individual therapist relationship, they're inviting, they're saying, oh, yeah, yeah come bring your partner. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be impartial. Like, it's yeah. going to be amazing. Yeah. Can that bias be overridden, I yeah. guess, um, in those cases? You know, I want to say, I don't know how to answer this. <laughs> I want to say, from a therapist perspective, yeah. what I would do in that case, because this is very valuable, like mm-hmm. for the partner to come in and support yeah, the work. Exactly. From my perspective, and I think your most recent therapist has done a phenomenal job yeah. with this. Yeah. She leans on her rapport with you. So she knows she can challenge you. She doesn't really have to be, she's <laughs> oh working on building rapport with yes. me then in that context. Yes. And so if I'm coming in to support your work, she doesn't know anything about me. So that's how I was aware. That's how I was aware. Now I'm remembering. That's how I was aware that these other therapists were really struggling in their relationship Mm. with me. You know, because this is your second meeting with me ever in life. Yeah. And it was because they knew how to build this rapport with you. They already Mm. had that. Yeah. But they were not relying on it to challenge you. They were really just challenging me like rapid fire. Mm. And, you know... I think it was probably also intimidating, right? Yeah. I'm a therapist. So they were like, let me make sure yeah. that they don't think they're just going to get right. over on right. me, right? Yeah. They don't have to do any work. And I also think that this is a moment where we have to check our biases like mm-hmm. as therapists mm-hmm. too. Um, if a person or a couple comes in and you have more rapport with one person, mm-hmm. um, you really have to throw away at least for that couple sessions, mm-hmm. um, those couple mm-hmm. sessions, yeah. uh, you have to throw away what preconceived notions you have about this other person because yeah. you have not met them. Yeah. So you're getting this one person's narrative yeah. about the story. This can happen in couples therapy yes. too, right? So we want to be looking out for all kinds of things yes. like that. Yes. And so I guess 
if we had something that we wanted to have people leave this episode with understanding is that, you know, you get to be protective of your mm-hmm. relationship, but not to the point where you prevent another person mm-hmm. from helping you. Mm-hmm. There are things that we can do. We can look out for. Yeah. If you start to notice any signs that there's bias, be very accountable mm-hmm. because ultimately you want to make sure that your relationship is protected. Yeah. If a therapist isn't a good fit, find another yeah. one. Don't allow yourself to stay in a situation where you could be yeah. harmed. Yeah. Um, I know we talked a lot about these harms mm-hmm. from the beginning part yeah. of this, but I want to pivot away from the harm and yeah. just talk a little bit about the benefits. Yeah. I feel like it's important to acknowledge that that does happen, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. Even I'm a therapist sitting here telling you it does happen. <laughs> I think it's important to acknowledge that yeah. so that we can get to, OK, but how how do we navigate that? when that does happen mm-hmm. and then how do we find someone who can support yeah. us yeah. because I also with let's say the 10% of experiences that are negative I know hundreds if not thousands of therapists now that I can name I'm not going to go through that list it's mm-hmm. a long list mm-hmm. that are amazing yeah. dynamic right. uh, super supportive yeah. would be really great and so those experiences were meant to challenge me yeah. in some way but that doesn't yeah. mean that there has to be everybody's story right absolutely and I think because I mean maybe because you're a therapist and because I've really learned to respect the field and the work yeah it didn't deter us from from continuing yeah. on it yeah you know we could have had those negative experiences say yeah. oh I'm never going to therapy again yeah but we really honored the work there that was happening yeah um and so yeah I more there's way more benefits than mm-hmm. than um cons here yeah. in this situation and you know, I talk to my friends all the time and, you know, they'll tell me things that they're going through in their relationship. And I'm like, have you ever considered going to couples therapy or things like that? Yeah. Um, and a question that I often get is, isn't it too early for isn't us to be considering early? going to couples therapy? Mm. We're not engaged. Mm. We're not married. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, this is mm. this the right time? So I guess yeah. from a therapist perspective, mm. when you think about timing... Is there a time that's too early? Is there a time that's too late? Like, yeah. Yeah. how do you encourage people or yeah. when do you encourage people to seek yeah. that sort of support? That is an amazing question. Mm-hmm. I feel like that question could answer like ages of like <laughs> challenges in relationships. Yeah. It's coming at a really good time in our culture where we're changing how we do relationships changing how we think Mm -hmm. about them Mm -hmm. um what feels serious when so while we're reevaluating that we can be reevaluating this Mm -hmm. um so if i met some a couple and they came to me and they've been together for maybe like five months Mm -hmm. or something like Mm -hmm. that um and they're like we're in therapy now uh Am I going to be curious about like why they're here so early? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Because what I'd really be wanting to hear from them is, are you serious about mm-hmm. this relationship? If this mm-hmm. is a serious relationship to them enough where they came to therapy, that's all that you need. Yeah. There is not this perfect timeline or trajectory toward marriage and everybody's yeah. goal is not marriage. Right, right. So that means that any relationship is fair game to come to therapy. Mm-hmm. If you want to see that relationship have a future, 
therapy is perfect preventative health Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. you and your relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you know you come from a family of origin where you don't know how to have conflict and you always freeze up or you always are saying something out of your mouth that is not nice, therapy is a great place to start so that you can start laying a different foundation in this relationship. If you got out of a bad relationship and you just felt like, you know, that last relationship Mm -hmm. broke you down and you do not know how to trust, don't start this new relationship Mm -hmm. on unsolid footing yeah so you could never come to therapy too mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. you can have your first date at therapy now that's right. a bit much right <laughs> i want you to know that you're invested yeah. in that relationship yeah but there's no timeline on that right i've had relationships that felt like i've had relationships where one month felt like three years mm-hmm. so I don't know what where yeah. we were in time and space. Right. I know you've right. had relationships like Absolutely. that too. Absolutely. So it wouldn't have been too soon. There right. are some things I still need to work through from that one month. You know, okay. <laughs> it's like it's never it's never too early. Thank yeah. you for asking that though. That makes a lot of sense, and I can imagine that even going to therapy. If marriage is the goal, let's say, and yeah. you're going to therapy even before you're engaged, yeah, working through some of those things or healing some of the things that might be coming up in your dynamic could impact your ability to know whether you want to spend the rest of your life with that person. That's true. Pre-engagement, right? So, like, I think it's often people often say, "Oh, we got to go to premarital counseling." Oh, we got to go. Can to y'all come to therapy prior to <laughs> y'all deciding you're exactly. already going to get married? There's nothing I could say, or there's nothing that we could work on that's going to change that wedding date that you've exactly. already picked out exactly. before you got there. That's right. for me. That's the worst time. Mm. That is, it's already so much stress and pressure. Yeah. Uh, pressure when people are planning weddings. Yeah, you got to deal with the in-laws and all this family of origin stuff is already going to come yeah. up. The bubble gets burst yeah. immediately yeah. when you start talking about a, a wedding. Right, people want to make it about them. People say that they're not coming if you're you're queer. Mm-hmm. All this kinds of crazy right. stuff. Right. Then you want to be in therapy talking about the other problems you have. <laughs> no, that's a that's a point in time yeah. where your relationship needs to be a protective bubble. Yes around your sanity because everybody else is going to make you feel just ridiculous absolutely so i would say premarital counseling is something that i'd like to see shift in this next generation i'd like to see it happen prior to engagement yeah and then so you get to really just enjoy your relationship and the relationship bubble and let everybody else be crazy by themselves Mm -hmm. during that time right don't you don't be crazy (laughs) during that time you know yeah and trying to work out a lot of pain and pressure that has been on you for the the mm-hmm. entirety of the relationship. Mm. Not to mention, people are getting married a lot later. Yeah. At least millennials are. Right. And so we've had a lot more time to spend some time in therapy. Yeah. So don't wait until you're like 36 and getting married. Yeah. To go. Yeah. You know, we've had a lot more time than that. Mm-hmm. Like do the time now so that yeah. when you get to, you know, that engagement, you don't have mm-hmm. to see me. Right. You have already had the had the tools worked right. out. You know what the what you're gonna do mm-hmm. as with regard to your finances and all of that. Mm-hmm. That's typically what's supposed right. to be in premarital counseling. Right. Talking about finances. Don't wait until premarital counseling to talk about whether or not you want ki- mm-hmm. kids. That is mm-hmm. what we call a deal breaker yeah. in family therapy. <laughs> uh, if yeah. you come and you say to a family therapist, yeah. "I don't want kids." She wants kids. We're going to say, put everything on pause. Mm. You cannot have, you can't split a baby. Mm. 
Mm. This is not one of the, this is a do not pass go kind of moment. (laughs) This is one of the moments where we'll take the opportunity to use like therapy wisdom and say like, you have to figure this out Mm -hmm. or you can't keep going. Mm -hmm. That and like domestic violence. Those are the two things where it's like, that's a deal breaker. Yeah. So, um, you will just get me to just talk and talk and talk about those kinds of things. But I think it's so important in this generation that we're having conversations earlier. Mm seriously seriously and i have realized too in you know the times with us going to couples therapy it brought up like there were many moments where i started individual therapy and then it kind of triggered couples therapy let's say yeah but also the reverse like there were moments where we were in couples therapy and i was like Ooh, a lot of this is kind of my stuff yeah. that I need to go take on the side, yeah. work through that simultaneously. That's a good point. And so I think a lot of people potentially could go into couples therapy being like, well, they do this. It gets on my nerves. It's so aggravating. We're going to figure it out for them. And then they get a rude awakening yeah. when they get into <laughs> therapy and they be like, yeah. oh, yeah. I play a part here yeah. and I feel like I've been in those shoes. Yeah. And so I guess I'm just saying that like mm-hmm. couples therapy can be, or it seems as if it can be like we're in couples therapy together, but yeah. I also still have my individual yeah. therapy that could really then still inform the work yeah. that we're doing together. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. I will say that even just looking further down the line yeah. for families that maybe have grown a little bit and they have kids, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times people will come to family therapy, but they really needed couples therapy. Mm-hmm. So I have to always go back to that foundation with that people. Is. Don't bring your five-year-old in here for family <laughs> therapy. And y'all have not worked through what's happening in the yeah. foundation of the family relationship. Right. This the pairing or the three of y'all or whoever's in this relationship as the heads of the household mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are the main reason why we're in family therapy. Yeah. And I think so many people come because of a child or right. come because of like right. usually a child. Right. Right. Um, for family therapy. Right. But that child is often just expressing what's happening in the foundation. Mm-hmm. So I start with the foundation. Mm-hmm. I say, don't bring kid back until yeah. we figure out what's happening with you exactly. all. Exactly. And nine, I won't, I make these big, I'm a Leo. So I make these big, <laughs> I'll say 90%. Let's say yeah. 70% of the time, mm-hmm. I never have to see that kid again. Kid starts feeling better. Right. Because a five-year-old, I mean, their lives yeah. are kind of carefree. Right. If they have a lot of stuff right. going on that's not cognitive, right. that's not medicine right. or something like right. that. You know, a lot of times they're expressing what's happening in their environment, Mm -hmm. whether it's at school or at home. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of the time things get better. So I'll say couples therapy is great, even if you have kids. Mm. Um, It's a great space to really just keep talking about your relationship over time. Yeah. Uh, So never feel like, okay, once we're married and we've got a a family, now we don't need to go. Or now it should be family therapy. That's not typically the case. Even if you have a teenager, my my commentary still stands. Yeah. I want to talk to the the parents first. Mm -hmm. I want to figure out what's happening in your dynamic, and then we figure out what's happening with kids. Yeah. That's really helpful and. You know, I will also say that people often talk about frequency here. And yeah. so in the context of, you know, you encouraging people to go to therapy prevent- preventatively. Yeah. Um, are there, I know that that can look different from person to person, but yeah. from your expertise, are there different milestones or moments yeah. in your life where you should really consider it mm-hmm. ahead of time? Mm-hmm. Like, 
Is it like moments in a marriage or moments in a relationship so that you're like, you should probably really consider going, even if you aren't feeling the grief right now yeah. or you aren't feeling the yeah. X right now. Yeah. This is a marker in your head where you should probably be like, okay, let's yeah. go ahead and make that appointment. Yeah. Because you might not be going to couples therapy every week. Yeah. It might be more of a check-in, but can you speak to maybe what some yeah. of those milestones no, might be? I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head. Making it a check-in is so important mm-hmm. um, because then it prevents it from needing to be years and years at a time. We don't get into crisis. The check-in could be one month of our lives where we have major transitions yes. happening. Yes. And then we we package it up. We understand it. Yeah. We unpack it. Then we pack it up and we do what we need to do with right. it. And then we release it. Right. Um, and then we're not back in therapy until we have another transition that mm-hmm. we've been like understanding is coming. Right. And I think these big transitions, I would say, are the answer mm-hmm. to that question. Mm-hmm. Those are the things you want to look out for. Okay. If you have a big milestone coming up, a loss, uh, any kind of transition mm-hmm. from one job to the next, yeah. one way of living, somebody quits working, somebody gets pregnant, somebody mm-hmm. has a baby, you know, mm-hmm. any big transition, yeah. that's a good time to check in. Right. Right. Um, Therapy is not meant, does not have to be, I won't say it's not meant to be, it can be, but it doesn't have to be something you do every single week for the rest of your life. Yeah. It can be that you learn the tools there mm-hmm. to start implementing them at home in your relationship yes. to the point where you don't even need me. Yeah. Um, that's the goal. Yeah. So the check-ins can start to really happen at mm-hmm. home, but so often we don't take the time to do that but the better we get over time with really implementing those therapy tools that you're going to learn in couples Mm -hmm. therapy Mm -hmm. the better people are um at navigating these big transitions and talking about them in the same way that they would if they were on that couch Mm -hmm. if we just create that space and time we get better and better so i would say the big transitions are the main moments where the check-in needs to happen with or without a therapist but the therapist can really make sure we're going deep right if you feel like that's not your strength Mm -hmm. to really have perspective Mm -hmm. don't try to be your own relationship therapist Mm -hmm. there yeah get the support have the conversation um there are so many different digital platforms now that Mm -hmm. don't even require a lot of money for therapy right that's the other thing that's important to Mm -hmm. cover whether you have insurance or you have Mm -hmm. you know just cash there are all different kinds of therapists all different kinds of platforms you can really explore a lot of different avenues with that right right Absolutely. And I think I will just say that uh, therapy can sound scary. Like from a person from the South raising the Bible Belt. Yeah. I didn't know anybody who went to therapy. So when I am like even engaging in individual therapy, it was like, okay, why are you doing that? What's going on? And even couples therapy, I think it was something that I kind of kept low key, to be honest. Mm. Um, But it doesn't have to be a scary thing. And I think it's real strength in knowing the value of that and how it can add to your relationship. So to anybody listening out there i would just say it's nothing wrong with couples therapy like it can really really help your relationship yeah Yeah. it can help you use your voice like oftentimes i've struggled like i know sometimes women can really struggle with saying the thing that's on their mind and you feel like you need a third party you need a mediator and when you find the right therapist the right environment it could really be a space where Mm -hmm. you can use your voice to communicate things that have been really challenging to communicate yeah yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely i think you're making these really really beautiful insightful connections um i think it really 
it speaks to, I think, what that experience is like for a lot of women. Um, So I just thank you for sharing that. And then I guess before we go, I just wanted to say, too, that uh, so many things we do with one another are therapeutic. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's another amazing support. So like yesterday we did reiki and like a, a circle up with a shaman yeah. uh so we were like on our floor was burning incense yeah. holding hands like really <laughs> yeah making some reflections on the scorpio full moon mm-hmm. but i think doing stuff like that together has also supported mm-hmm. our relationship and our connection mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so even if we're not talking through the thing we're releasing the things together yeah. we're growing together mm-hmm. so finding those ways of doing that too yeah. to support your work yeah is important absolutely but i'll pause us here this i'm just so grateful for you all to come and like talk to us and be with us this has been hashtag love goals podcast with mo ari and tiffany and we will see you all next time bye if you're listening to this on apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate review and subscribe If you want your question featured in an upcoming episode of the hashtag love goals podcast, go ahead and send your question to lovegoalspodcast at gmail.com. Check out our website at lovegoalspodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at lovegoalspodcast. We look forward to hearing from you soon.